do you have what it takes to be in the 1%? Welcome to The Steph Gordon Show, the place where you'll learn exactly how to scale and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. Before starting this podcast, I've built, scaled, and sold multiple six and seven figure businesses, and I've coached over a thousand entrepreneurs to do the same. If you're ready to take action and unlock your next level of wealth and become the CEO that your business needs for growth, then hit follow, open your notes app, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gordon Show. Today I have a guest who miraculously dropped into my world just when I actually really needed her. I was kind of like eyeing off some new podcast guests and I had a friend and someone who's been on the podcast recently reach out and say, you need to have this woman on the podcast. She's about to blow up. Things are really moving in her direction right now and she's incredible and has such an incredible story and you need to have her on the podcast. And so I am so excited to have met just recently and welcome you to the podcast, Ash Lane. Thank you so much for having me. I am so freaking excited. It's an honor to have you here. So Ash, your tagline in business is I show busy women who train their butts off how to train less, eat more, build more muscle and lose fat. And you've helped thousands of women around the world to break away from 1200 calorie yo-yo dieting and live a balanced life. And you're currently doing all of that while traveling around Australia full-time with your family. like. That's incredible, Ash. Like, congratulations on just like what you're already bringing to life in such a crowded market, in such a competitive niche. But doing all of that plus traveling around is absolutely incredible. Thank you. It's wild at times, but it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, in my head, because I reached out to you to be on the podcast, I was like, oh, I wonder if she'll like be in reception. Like, I wonder if, because Australia is a pretty finicky little place in terms of like, and you've just come out of WA. So there's a lot of like, just no contact spots. Right. It is honestly, and I know that you're a WA girl, but I'm going to say that WA has got the worst signal for internet across the whole country. But we have got Starlink, which has been a godsend. Now, I'm not sponsored by Starlink, but honestly, every day, every single day, I thank my lucky stars that we have got a Starlink satellite dish on our roof, which means that we can have reception anywhere. You're like, I'm not sponsored by Starlink, but really open to it. So I think, is that, is that Elon Musk? No way. Yes. Excuse me, Elon. Elon, help us. Elon, please listen to Elon. So funny. It's the best. I will tell anyone that will listen to me about Starlink. I'm like, you don't get it. I'm like, we literally just finished probably about five months remote WA. And I would say that 10% of the time we had signal and I have been recording podcasts. I've been running our business. It's wild what we can do. It's amazing. That's incredible, babe. I'm so excited for you. I'm so glad that like that has been brought to the world. So yeah. let's dive into something happened for you earlier this year. And, you know, I, I'm going to talk about business. I'm going to talk about fitness. I'm going to talk about life. But something happened for you earlier this year that I know that you said has changed your entire outlook on life. Can you share with us what happened. Yeah, absolutely. So we packed up everything, sold everything, um, like as in our houses. We had two houses. We had every toy under the sun, cars, everything. We sold everything last year in November and we set off to travel around Australia in a caravan 
And it was like the most freeing experience and felt so amazing. And it still is. Um, However, two months into our travels, I woke up one day with some really funky symptoms. Now, I'm young-ish, fit, healthy. We have jokes about our age in this band. I'm like, I'm a spring chicken over here. Like, nothing is wrong with me. I'm great. I'm healthy. You know, all this stuff. And I woke up one day with, yeah, like I said, some really funky symptoms. And I said to my husband, like, this is really, really weird. I had very limited feeling in the lower half of my body. And that included the nether regions, like I'm talking everything. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, what could this be? And when we left, we had been drinking a little bit more than usual. Like when you get a caravan, it seems to be the norm. And I literally, I was like, maybe I just had one too many margaritas last night. Like I, I didn't know, you know, I thought it was so weird. Anyway, I went about my normal day and I was walking like Bambi. So if you can imagine Bambi walking around trying to find her feet on the ground, that's what I looked like and that's what I felt like. But I just chose to ignore it for the day. And I went and trained at the gym and I was like, I was doing walking lunges or attempting to, and I stopped and I was like, this is really unsafe. Like, I just, I don't feel right. Anyway, I said to my husband, I'm just going to let this go for today. And tomorrow, if it's still there, I'm going to go to a doctor. And we were at Bunbury in WA at the time. And I woke up the next day quite early and I was like, my goodness, my feeling has not returned. This is really, really weird. So I just started Googling symptoms as you do, trying to be Dr. Google. And some pretty serious stuff arose. And one of them was called Corda Aquina, which essentially is a emergency, like you needed to do, like attend a hospital for emergency surgery. And I was like, this is full on. So I woke my husband up and I was like, we needed to go to the hospital. And he jumped out of bed quicker than I had ever seen because he was like, my wife does not say that. Like, I don't get you know, I don't get sick. I've never been to a hospital unless it was like a surgery, like getting your teeth removed. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so we went to hospital and they did actually rush me in quite quickly because my symptoms were quite unusual. But being Bunbury, now they don't have the facilities that normal, I guess, hospitals have. Like they don't have an MRI there. They don't have a heap of doctors on hand, that kind of stuff. And We were there for a few hours and the doctor was like, look, we don't have enough tests that we can run on you. They couldn't really get to the bottom of it. They did suspect that it was this quarter equina, which I don't really understand what it is, but something happening with the disc in your back and yeah, compression and nerve damage and all that kind of stuff and could end up in a wheelchair. And one thing led to another, they ended up sending me to Perth. So we made the two hour trek to Perth. And this was a Saturday that this was happening and we got in there and we sat there all day and it was, you know, back and forward and no one could give us any answers. And honestly, it was probably one of the most frustrating times. Like in my mind, I'm sitting there going, you know, what they think it is needs emergency surgery. It's a Saturday and I'm still sitting in emergency and they can't really get a doctor to see me. Like it was really strange. So they ended up admitting me at about 10 o'clock that night. And we had no accommodation. Like our caravan was at Bunbury and we have a 10-year-old son sitting in hospital with me. They're like, oh, she's probably going to have to stay here. And Brad's like, well, should I like book a hotel? Like, what do I do? So the boys went and got a hotel 
fast forward, I won't bore everyone with the details. It was a pretty gruesome time. Yeah, that's terrifying. It was. It really was. Like I'd never stayed in hospital before. They wheeled me into the room and I was surrounded by a lot of sick people and that was really confronting for me, like in a neurological ward. And it was really confronting. And I didn't do anything Saturday. Sunday, I still hadn't had a doctor, like a neurosurgeon or neurologist come and see me just to check me out. And it wasn't until Monday rolled around that somebody came in and they started doing like pull push tests, this kind of stuff. And they were like, we really need to get you in for an MRI. And I waited around until Wednesday. So from Saturday until Wednesday was when I was able to get an MRI. That happened and within 15 minutes I had a neurologist come to the room and Casey, my son and Brad and the three of us were sitting on the bed and I was like, oh, everything will be fine. Do you know what I mean? There was a part of me, truthfully, if I'm just being really transparent and honest with myself, there was a big part of me that kind of knew that something was wrong because of the way that the MRI went. Now, the reason I say that is I've never had an MRI. In fact, I am claustrophobic, don't like tight spaces, and that in itself freaked me out. I think it was a really emotional time. I spent five days in hospital waiting for something, get wheeled into this MRI. Then they pushed me into the machine and I did have a little bit of a freak out. And I was like, get me out, get me out. And they're like, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. It'll be 20 minutes over and done with. Well, I was definitely in there for an hour and they kept pulling me out, putting me back in. They ended up putting a helmet on me so that I couldn't move. They put, you know, stuff going through my veins. It was pretty wild. Anyway, the doctor came in after the MRI 15 minutes after and he's like, we think you have MS. This means that you'll end up in a wheelchair and you'll have a shortened life. And I can't explain how I felt. I, I've i got goosebumps all over right now. It was the most heartbreaking thing that I have ever heard in my whole entire life. I was like, Brad and I broke down into a mess and in front of our son and he started to be like, what is going on, mom? Like, is everything okay? Are you going to be okay? Like it was, it was a pretty wild time. And um, yeah, so we broke down and we recovered from that. And then a doctor came in about an hour later and said, I saw how that went down and that's not how it should have gone down. And it's highly likely that you may actually be okay. And they started to go through like, there's different stages of MS, you know, there's a spectrum. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, you could very well be on the lower end of the spectrum. No, we can't guarantee that you're going to get feeling back in the lower half of your body. But, you know, this is what an MS specialist will do. So then they referred me to an MS specialist. And so we waited around in Perth for a couple of months, which was, yeah, a long time to wait around when you're supposed to be traveling around Australia, you know, enjoying the sights. And my husband immediately said to me, like, we still remember right now, he said, babe, do you want to just turn around and go back to the Gold Coast and we'll just deal with this back at home? Do you know what I mean? Like with family, with people around us, he's like, if I have to carry in a backpack, like I'll carry in a backpack. We'll do what we need to do, you know? And I said to him, fuck that. I said, I am going to, while I can see and I can walk, I'm going to see and walk every fucking inch of this country while I can. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. For a minute there, I've had this like moment of, wow, like 
I may actually end up in a wheelchair. MS has got different things. So sometimes people lose their sight. Um, Sometimes people do end up in a wheelchair. They lose feeling in parts of their body. And I'm like, the gym is my life. And if I can't train, like I'll do my upper body. Like I'll just be, you know, the person at the gym doing just upper body. I'm like trying to work out what I can do. And I'm like, look, I can walk. It's not great. I can't run right now like because I'll trip over. But yeah, this is what I'm going to do. So we, yeah, we hung around and we got some really good news. So I saw a really good neurologist after uh, two months. He was like, Ash, he's like, you're strong, you're fit, you're healthy. He's like, I can't guarantee that you're going to get your feeling back, but I have got really good medication that can help you. Now, I was a bit apprehensive because I'm obviously a fitness nerd and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this medication, but he said to me, I can guarantee you that your MS will not get any worse if we do this protocol with you and you will live the next 50 years of your life like a normal human. And so I decided to go for it and here I am and I feel bloody amazing. And I'm so freaking grateful. At the time, it was so heartbreaking, but I'm going to be completely honest. I believe now, and I choose to believe now that I have been put here on this planet to get MS and to deal with it gracefully like I feel like I have and to help others that are going through a hard time like this. You know, if I've got MS and I can do this, so can you, you know? So yeah, so that's where we're kind of at. And like, we're an incredibly terrifying and awful experience. And I think that the thing that's so incredible is the way that you've handled it in six months. Like I, you know, fell on your social media and I, I saw, I saw it, you know, but then I also saw so little really about it. And so like you just kept going and you just showed up and you just kept going with your business, kept traveling around Australia. You haven't fallen victim to it. And I think that that's what's so incredibly impressive. And you know, kudos to you. And I wonder then, how has this changed your perspective on business and managing? Because we're on a business podcast. Life has lemons. <laughs> you, you got dealt a pretty fucking hectic lemon. Um, and your ability in life, you're creating freedom for your family right now in the business that you're running, right? And it's like, okay, how do we take that lemon and find juice and squeeze the juice and still like you're going to get roadblocks and you're going to hit road bumps. How do you overcome it? How did you decide, no, I'm still going to push forward this business? And how has that affected the way that you show up? I um, Something that I have learned over my life on this planet is that life does throw you lemons and there's going to be speed humps all along the way. We'd be crazy to think that there isn't. But I know for sure that after every single challenge that I've had on the other side of that challenge has only been nothing but growth and empowerment and a feeling of like, yes, right? Like I've learned to know that. So I know now that after being through enough challenges that MS for me was just another speed hump. That's all it was. It was nothing more than that. Yet it felt at that time harder than anything else. But I knew that on the other side of that, was going to be growth and it was going to be amazing for us. And I choose to view life like that. Like I've had failed businesses, right? I've had times where I don't want to show up. I've had times where I feel like it's hard and I'm like, don't want to do this today, but I do it anyway because you never feel better for not doing it. And that's how I tackle every part of my life, whether it be my fitness, whether it be the business, whether it be being a mother. Sometimes being a mother is bloody hard, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to homeschool sometimes. 
I don't want to fight my child to brush his teeth. Like he's 10. I've been telling him for 10 years every day. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many parts of our life that is hard. If we can get up and do those other hard things, then yes, you can do it in your business too. Yeah. And I really loved, we had a conversation right before we jumped on and that conversation was about you're traveling right now, you're traveling around Australia and, you know, there's probably so much that you want to see and do with these legs that work and these eyes that work and this body that works, right? And so there's all this stuff that you want to see and do. How do you get inspired to work when actually you just want to get out of the van and like go and explore and do the things? And and you framed it so beautifully before. And I'd love for you to share that with this audience. How do you get the motivation to do the work when actually you just want to go out and live? Yeah, absolutely. And of course you do, right? But there was something that my mother taught me when I was really, really little and I just it rings in my head all the time. It's like, Ash, you can go and play, my darling. However, you must clean your room before you play. I was a very messy kid. And I was like, fair enough, I've got to clean this bloody room again before I go play. But it is a small piece of my life that has this inbuilt idiosyncrasy, I guess, or, you know, this inbuilt habit, right? where that's how I treat so many areas of my life. And I think it works so powerfully. So if you do the fun things first, you don't do the things that you want to do later, right? Like whenever I've gone off stuff and I'm going to leave the tax until Friday afternoon, right? It's never getting done. But if you do it first thing on a Monday, right, then the rest of the week has got flow. And so I treat it very much the same. I treat it with the same with my clients. So obviously, we have a health and fitness company and we have a protein target for our clients. And I'm like, you can eat all the delicious foods that you want. However, you must eat your protein before you have your soul foods, right? So protein first, soul foods next. Business, get up, do the work that you need to do and then go and explore. We can live in this world where things that we want can live cohesively. It doesn't have to be this or that, right? It can be this and that. And I think that your perspective plays a role, but how you also show up and have the discipline to go, okay, no, I'm going to go and explore that beautiful waterfall today However, first I must get this done because at the end of the day as well, if you don't do this, then you don't get to keep doing this. And health and fitness has really helped me see this, but I think I've got a really good vision of don't let your short-term feelings sacrifice your long-term vision. And, you know, like sometimes staring at the side of a giant mountain can be really daunting, a giant mountain that you want to climb, right, metaphorically. Staring right at the top, you automatically become demotivated somewhat. But if you look at the one step at a time and you treat it as one foot in front of the other, that has so much more impact on just, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get to the top kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And just that, you know, you said it so beautifully. It's like you actually can have both. But also like when we were chatting before, you mentioned that you take as long as you give yourself to get something done. Right. So like, if you know that as soon as I get this done, I get to go and do all the things that I want to do for the day. Like the sooner I get this done, the more fun I can have for longer. Right. And so you're going to get that task done where you might take five or six hours to do that task because you've given yourself the entire day to do it. If you know that as soon as I'm done this task, I get to go out and spend time with my family and adventure to a waterfall. And you're going to get that task done as fast as possible, as soon as possible so that you can go out and explore. Right. And I think there's that mentality of like I think it's called eat the frog yeah and it really is that mentality of just like okay if I get my protein intake if I just do my work if I just get my workout done then I can do the thing that I want to do next 
you know? And it's like such, like if I just clean my room, then I can play. And I love that. I love that so much. Absolutely. Thanks to mom for doing that, right? Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, it's like, you know, if you give yourself, there is, I forget off the top of my head, there's a symptom of MS, forgetfulness. Can't remember what the theory is called, but there is a theory that if you give yourself all day to clean the house, it will take all day, right? But if you time block an hour to do it, you can do exactly the same job in an hour. It's about time blocking. It's about allocating time. Shit doesn't happen by accident, right? Like you actually got to intentionally be there. And I also think it allows for more joy because when you do the hard work first or the yuck work first or the shit you don't want to do first, right, then it's almost like you earned it. You earned the thing that comes next. And there's a satisfaction in the earning. There's a satisfaction in the like, I did this and now I get to do this because I did the thing first, right? Whereas otherwise you do the thing all day that you want to do and you feel guilty the whole day because you haven't done the thing that you know you need to do. It works both ways. It's so incredible. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. If someone hasn't followed you yet, they're going to. So guys, check out her link in the show notes. But there's something that you do that is so genius. And I know so many people listening would be absolutely terrified to do this, but you actually give away access to your entire program, your course, your guidelines, everything for free. Yes. So talk us through how and why you do this. So many years ago, I was listening to a very intelligent woman who said, and I'm very not competitive, right? So we'll take this as just more of a principle rather, but said to me, the coach that gives the most value wins. And I'm not competitive. However, I took that as let's give away the most amount of value that we can give. People can have access to as much information as they want on the World Wide Web. They can Google absolutely freaking anything. But what they don't have or what they can't get without paying is intel into you daily or weekly or however you set it out and accountability and the actual, okay, Ash, I'm here. Now I'm a bit nervous. What do I do? Kind of thing. You can't get on the spot help, right? Like it's that accountability mainly that people need. So we made a decision right at the very start that I was going to give as much away as I possibly can and expect absolutely nothing in return. And as a result of that, People, I guess, have been able to build no like, and trust, which is so important in having obviously a business, but building a community. And that's been my philosophy all the way along. So we run a five-day challenge, a free five-day challenge. And what we used to see was people run, this is years ago. So we like to say we're the creator of the original five-day, the you know, free five-day challenge for the fitness community. But I see this ages ago. People would be like, day one, drink enough water. You know, day two, let's do 10,000 steps. I'm like, people don't bloody need to know that, right? They already know that they need to drink more water and do 10,000 steps a day or whatever it might be, right? However, what they don't know is why all of the fads and the trends and the every other program that they've bought has never worked or it might have worked, but then they put the weight back on. They don't understand why it hasn't worked and what they need to do. So I was like, we're doing a five-day challenge where we're going to tell these people exactly why that hasn't worked, teach them the actual proper methods, and then send them off on their merry way. And if they want to come and work with me, they can. The five days doesn't lead into, and we're so transparent, we're like, this doesn't lead into you know, a big sales spill on day five because a lot of like masterclasses traditionally do that, like an unexpected, 
you know, sales pitch. We're like, it doesn't lead into that. If you want to come and ask me to work with me, you can come and ask me and we'll help you that way. And that has been pivotal for our business. Now, I've seen other people try and duplicate that. We've had a couple of copycats. Actually, one person copied absolutely like our website word for word. I was actually going to ask because when you put everything out there for free, it's not just the clients. It's like people are going to be like, oh, well, she's giving us all of her intel. So I don't even have to do any thinking to get this business off the ground, right? So that's happened. Oh, absolutely. It's happened twice now. So the second time they were a bit smarter and they changed a few words. The first person direct copied even our email sequence, like absolutely everything, which was pretty wild. And I am very open and honest with our email list. We've got quite a hefty email list with our followers. So for example, when MS was happening, when I woke up with symptoms, I met that on my Instagram. And a lot of people won't do that, but everyone came along for that journey. And that's just a little bit of an insight into how we've cultivated a community or a family online. When we had our first copycat, I sent out an email. We send out emails frequently and I call them story time because it's always a story that has a bit of thought provoking content in it and maybe just a little bit that might someone might be able to like, oh, you know what, she's right. This happened to me today and that's the right perspective. We shared when that happened and the amount of emails I got back like, oh, I can't believe you handled it like that. I was like, you know what, sometimes people do things desperately in desperate times. And I understand that somebody might come across me and see that the five-day challenge works so well for our brand. And we get lots of clients and the business has grown, you know, over 500% in the last few years, right? And they go, okay, well, if that's working for her, it'll work for me. And the truth is, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, you know, we've all got talents. And I have always struck, I'm like, I'm bloody good at anything. Like, I was never good. I was useless at school, right? I bombed out and got sporty, always picked last in the basketball. I was like, I have no talents. The one thing that I'm good at is the five-day challenge. And I truly wholeheartedly believe in myself that people come to the brand for me, they come to listen to me, and that there's only one of me. And I think that inner self-belief helps me go, you know what, I'll give it to you. But I truly believe that no one can replicate what I can do. And I'm not trying to say that to flex or do you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm very, I think it's self-belief. And you need that because if you don't believe yourself, no one's going to believe in you, right? No. But um, I actually went to Tony Robbins like years ago and he was telling a story about how like someone came to one of his events and they filmed all five days. They filmed the entire thing and they went and they learnt the entire repertoire word for word, right? And then they took like a thousand clients or something like you know hundreds of clients over to Hawaii for this event that there was like basically an exact duplicate of one of his events, right? Word for word, learnt it all. And there's this, this part of the event where they make you do a firewalk. And so you walk on hot coals at Tony Robbins, right? And you have to go into a trance to do it. Like you have to be in a belief system that you won't get burnt. And there's a whole process that comes with putting someone into a hypnosis, right? And especially putting 800 people into a hypnosis. That's a very special skill. And this guy replicated that and everyone burnt their feet. They had third degree burns because at the end of the day, you could word for word copy someone's shit. You could like take everything, name it the same thing, but Tony has the gift of being able to do that thing. And you have the gift of being able to, regardless of what, you move people with your words, Ash. You've already moved me today and I'm sure you're moving people. And that is your gift in this lifetime. And no one can replicate that because that is all of the genius that you've grown up with and all the experience that you've had and the passion that you have. And 
that's what makes you different. And, and to anyone listening right now, like you are the point of difference and people will, especially if you succeed, people will copy you very, very quickly, but they'll never beat you. And that's so magic. Yeah, you're 100% right. And I think that anyone that is listening right now that has got that, I don't know what mine is. I don't know what it is. At the end of the day, your passion does find you. You don't find your passion. Don't go and be like, I don't know what I can do. Because what's happening when you say things like that is it's closing your mind off. You're not open to, well, what could happen? You know, what could I take under as my thing? And it might take a little while to find it. Hey, we were in business for two years before the five-day challenge was born. And I had no idea that this would be something that it is today, but it was. It was something that worked for me. It worked for our brand. And it's a continuous thing of our brand. We run it three times a year, every single year. And people come back, the same people come back time after time after time because I love it so much. And so aside from the five-day challenge, which is obviously wildly successful, you do that three times a year. So that's awesome, except you probably need new clients more than three times a year, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is just business, right? Like anyone who does any kind of launch cycle will also have similar, anyone who's listening that's doing launch cycles, in between launches, you still need clients. So what's your like go-to lead gen tactics in the middle? How do you attract people? What is your process for that? So we did run with originally, like back before the five-day challenge and back before the way that the business was structured, we had an always-on model and we actually moved to a launch cycle, which depending on who you speak to can be very volatile, right? Like if you have a failed launch, you got no money, right? But (laughs) like just putting it blankly, that's just how it works and it's very risky. We chose to run with that and not have intakes in between. However, what has worked for us is we have brilliant retention and our clients stay on in between our launches. So we have two offers. One is one-on-one coaching and one is our group coaching program. Now, our group coaching program stays active for 365 days of the year. So when our clients finish their one-on-one 12-week program, they have then got somewhere to go to that is a lower priced, that is like less hands-on with a coach sort of one-on-one and gives them a little bit more rain. Now, they then move into that program, which runs, yeah, like I said, 365 days a year. So, we're not needing to find new clients all the time. Now, something that I think a lot of business owners focus on is where is that next client coming from? Like, how am I going to get that next client? And early on, I was like that. I was like, oh, it would stress me out. Like, when I get stressed, I lose a lot of hair. And when I was coming up to a client sort of finishing their program, I'd be like, you get another client. Like I've got to reply like this client. And we ended up with wait lists, but it was still a stressful time. But yeah, instead of focusing on for us where that next client is or where are they coming from, we focus on what can we give to these current clients that, you know, is going to increase their value. It is going to make them love this even more. How can I help them? We really understand them well. And so instead of having to look for new clients, our clients stay on all year round. And we've had clients now that have been with us for three years. So Retention has been that for us. Incredible, incredible. That's so, so good. And, you know, I think Alex Formosi said it really beautifully in a podcast recently. He was like, if you just kept every client you got, like, and the compounding effect of that, like, we'd all be billionaires, you know? He's so right. He's 100% right. So, leaning into that retention side, is it something that you, like, you, you kind of made mention of it, but like, you solve the next problem, right? Because once you achieve something, they say at every level there's a new devil 
And I really believe that's the truth, right? So like you might like nail your steps, but then you need to add in something else and you need to add in something else. And then you need to now, now all of those things. And so there's a constant evolution. Is that what you look for in, in terms of retention? Like what is the problem we're solving next and how can we support them in that? Absolutely. And I think one thing that I've come to realize over just years of experience, right, is that no one is ever satisfied with their goal of staying there. And it's always a question that comes up. We do weekly lives for our clients and and we just sit there and jibber-jabber with them all. It's great. It's one of the best things for community and connection with your clients is those weekly lives. But they're like, Ash, what happens when, you know, I reach my goal? Like, what do I do? And I'm like, have you ever really met anyone that's not striving for something else? Like you reach your goal in business or I've reached so many different milestones and you get there and you're like, okay, well, well, what's next? Like everyone wants a what's next. So it's about, yes, understanding what that what's next looks like for your clients. We have an amazing community Facebook group that I'm in every single day and I'm watching for trends. I'm like, this topic has come up 60 times in the last day. Then let's build something for that, right? You know, and we're continually doing that. So just going in with a really open mind and listening to your clients, surveying them. We constantly survey them and not in an annoying way, but asking enough questions to be like, how is your experience? And they're like, great. How can we improve it? They're like, oh, I would like this. You know, like we've had a lot of people say to us, pre and postnatal is something that we want to see. So what are we doing? That's what we're adding in pre and post. We want our clients. And I mean, not in a negative way, but I feel like we need to really almost infiltrate every part of their life when they're pregnant, when they're not pregnant, you know, when they're going through a different stage. Like we've got a podcast, we've got a Spotify playlist, like we've got merchandise, you know, we're a part of their lives. They're a part of our lives. It's a family. And yeah, I I think that plays a massive role as well. And was that an intention for you to create a family or was that something that happened kind of naturally for you because that's just kind of the way that you, when you interact with people, was it, was it natural or was it intentional? It definitely wasn't intentional at the start. It, it was natural at the start, but it's something that brings me so much joy. If I'm having, and I mean, a lot of people that know me well, it's like, Ash would never have a bad day. She's just sunshine and lollipops all the time, right? This is what people would say about me. And I'm a human, guys. Like, of course I have bad days from time to time. The first thing I do is go into the Train With Ash Facebook group because it is like the most uplifting environment. And I know personally how much environment plays a role in different areas of your life, whether it be in business. You've got to put yourself, if you want to up-level in business, whatever that might look like to you, you know, like it's a, a Pokemon game or something, you know, I want to get to the next level. Hang around people that are at that next level. And sometimes it might be like, well, how do I do that? Like networking, talk to people, Instagram, that kind of stuff. Like, Build your community in that area, right? In Train With Ash is the same. Like I think that so many people want to start a health and fitness journey and they feel like they're an outsider and understanding human psychology, we like to be, whether you say you do or you don't, it's in your nature to feel like you need to be a part of something and no one ever likes to feel like an outsider. So if you're on this health and fitness journey and you go home and your partner does not care about health, does not care about fitness, just wants to, you know, eat cheesels with his feet up on the couch. Well, it's going to be really hard. You're going to feel like an outsider. So it was really important once I cultivated a little community, it was really important to me to grow because I knew how much it would change people's lives and make them feel a part of something and then stick to it for longer. And that's important because when they stick to something for longer, 
that means that their lives are truly changed. And I know the power of that. I didn't grow up genetically blessed. You know, I didn't grow up interested in health and fitness. I actually didn't start it didn't start for me until I was 25. So I know how important it was for me and how much it has changed my life and the person that I am. And I just want that for other people. And I can feel your passion. And one of the constant conversations that I have on this podcast and the people that I typically tend to bring on, it always comes back to passion. And that starts this. And like, if you got into business, it's funny, like you don't get into it for money. Like you just really don't. And then the money comes because of the passion because of the care, because of the commitment, because you wake up every day, Ash, even if you don't really feel like working, but you're passionate anyway. And probably, and I don't know if this is true for you, but even traveling around Australia and wanting to have all those incredible experiences outside of the caravan, right? There are probably days where you're like, but I'm just so fucking lit up by the work. Yeah. <laughs> like the waterfall's cool, but like the work, the work is so good. <laughs> 1000%. People think I'm nuts. I'm like, I just want to be in front of my computer today, if that's okay with everyone that's around me. Like I just am hungry and I want to do the work. Yeah. And it's not like you said, it's not hungry for the money. I'm really glad that you said that because I think too many people might look at other successful business owners and be like, oh, like you know, they're lucky, they got the income or whatever, right? But for me, at the start, all I wanted to do was replace my income that I was earning. All I wanted was 10 clients. Like, yeah, it was like $5,000 a month or something crazy. Like it's, it's nothing. It's like, right? It's to nothing, right? That's like, all I wanted. You just want to do something that you love to live. That's, yeah. that's all you want. That was it. That's, yeah. That was it. All I wanted was to replace my income and not have to answer to a boss at the time and do something that I love, right? That's all I wanted. Freedom to be able to do what I want, when I want, without having sounding me, but replace my income. That was it. Nothing more. And never in a million years did I think that the business would be where it is today. However, it was about that one foot in front of the other. I've never focused. I've never been somebody that focuses on, okay, I want the business there in five years or we're going to do our first meal in 12 months. Like That's not who I am. I'm not money-driven and some people are and I'm totally like, we are all different and unique and it's amazing and that's why everything works so well. But it hasn't. It's just been focusing on the next thing. Like, okay, cool, mm. this is done. We've nailed that next step, step forward. Mm. Yeah. And just like how can I be more of service, right, which is really what that like, comes back to. It's just like, okay, this is sick. They're loving that. Like we're seeing this problem come up. I think I might build that. It's, it's like a very intuitive way of growing your business. And I think I was on a podcast yesterday with somebody and she was saying like you have to listen. You have to listen. And like, if you just listen, all of the answers are there. But what happens with usually like experts in their fields, they spend so much time talking, they actually just don't listen. Because in your community, in your Facebook community, in your Instagram DMs, all of the answers are right in front of you. You just have to listen. Absolutely. I was told early in my career, I can, I was 17, somebody once told me you were given two ears and one mouth for a reason listen twice as much as you speak. And it stuck with me forever. Like powerful. So powerful. Ash, what is next for Ash Lane? Other than like obviously living your best life, caravan life, like all things like changing the world. What is next business-wise? Changing the world. Look, we are moving into building our own tech space. So yeah, we have an app, but that's really next for us is moving a bit more into that tech space, having our own app. We've got some pretty magic things that we use for our clients. We want to integrate into an app. So that's something that's of service to our clients that we want to do. Whether we go home or whether we keep traveling, who bloody knows? We're like loving life right now. We, we actually... 
Everyone's like, when is the trip over? I'm like, wow, when I get sick of it. Yeah, when I feel like it. When? <laughs> guess what? I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss. And as we set out on this trip for freedom, right, we felt trapped. I just wanted to feel free. I'm like, I want to do what I want, when I want. And if I'm like, I don't want to be here today, we're going to take our tiny home on wheels and move somewhere else. And it's been the best thing for all of us. Um, but yeah, that's honestly, that's the next step. So rather than being like, we're going to be doing, you know, like, I want to be here and there and well, tours. No, we just want to build the tech app for our clients so that we can improve the customer experience. And that's where our head's at right now. And if you're listening to this podcast, guys, I think the biggest takeaway that you could have is one, be you. And two, put your customer at the heart of your business. And we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but if you just put your customer at the heart of your business and you just listen to them and you think about them and you solve problems for them, like the success, it builds itself. It just builds itself so easily. Absolutely. Don't push it. Like you said, don't be pushing for the, oh, I just need to do, because your focus is not in the right area. Put your focus on the customer and then it will flow and you just have to trust that and do the things. Be process driven, not outcome driven. Yes, totally. I love that. Ash, thank you so much for spending the time today to share your story and share your knowledge with us. You are incredible and I was told that you're about to blow up and I can feel that very deeply and I cannot wait to witness. I mean, you're already doing such incredible things, but I cannot wait to witness your journey. And thank you for just, yeah for sharing this so honorably on this podcast today. It was so lovely to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Guys, if you love this episode, we would love it if you would take a screenshot, tag myself and Ash and tell us the biggest takeaway was, and I will see you guys next week. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I want you to reflect back on this episode and write down right now what action you're going to take and what you're going to change after listening. And after you've done that, please tell me, slide into my DMs. It means the world to me to know that you're getting value from this podcast. I always want to know what you want to see more of, the things that have landed and the ways that it's changing your life. And if you're ready to build a scalable, saleable and profitable business, we're currently taking applications into Success School, which is my mentorship program to take your business to seven figures and beyond. You can apply now via the link in the show notes.